We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Welcome once again to this month of August. It is our Friendship Month. I thank God for your life. I am so excited about what God is doing in your life. You are blessed, my friend. The Lord perfect all that concerns you in the name of Jesus. This is the first Sunday of the month. I pray that you have seen the beginning of this month. You will see the, beginning, the end of this month and the end of this year in the name of Jesus. Now listen very carefully. God Almighty will never leave you nor forsake you. The God that has sustained you from March, since the lockdown, since the beginning of this pandemic till now, that same God will sustain you throughout the rest of the year in the mighty name of Jesus. You will return at the end of this month and at the end of this year to testify of the good things that God has done in your life. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. So once again, I say welcome. You know, the church has left the building. This is your church now, and I'm so grateful that you find the time to be with me every Sunday to hear the Word of God. What is privilege for me to bring the Word of God to you every Sunday, from America to Africa to Asia. The Lord bless you for tuning in into this particular service, all right? So now, I want to understand that we all need a church where we can easily reach our pastors, we all need a church where we can easily reach our pastor. So if you do not have a Bible-believing church or you do not have a pastor, I want you to email me, pastor.eddy at gatewaychapel.org.uk. I would love to pastor you and I would love you to make this home your spiritual home. We've been going on for 17 years now and I think that the Bible says all things work together for good. So it's not a coincidence that you are here right now. So pray about it. If God wants me to be your pastor and if God wants you to make this place your spiritual home. So email me and we will take our relationship further. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Now, the title of my message series this month is How to Make Your Prayers Produce Results. How to Make Your Prayers Produce Results. And I think that's a very powerful thing. In fact, I am advocating that this month, this month of August, we are going to be doing a no-complaining month. It's going to be a no-complaining month, and I will explain more about that later. How to make your prayers produce. Now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you for, to, for everyone listening to me right now. I thank you for their lives. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you will minister to them in the name of Jesus. They have not come here by accident, but you have drawn them by your spirit. Lord, I pray for everyone here today that they will receive the word, the very reason why you have asked them to tune in today. They will receive that word today in the name of Jesus. Let this work be backed with miracles, signs, and wonders. Let it come with precision and with power in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I take authority over every form of distraction in the, around your listeners right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You are blessed, my friend. Now, Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. 
how to make your prayers produce results. This month is our month of friendship, so I'm going to be talking to you like you are my friend, and you are my friend, okay? I want to share my heart with you. And so this month of friendship, listen very carefully, Colossians 5, 4, verse 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Another translation says everyone. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. So many of us are very spiritual. And I'm talking about how to make your prayers produce results. Many of us are very spiritual. We fast and we pray a lot. True. We pray over our family. We pray over our children. We pray over our relationship. We pray over our careers. And many of us are very spiritual. We make prophetic utterances. And we say amen a lot. Why? Because we are constantly praying or people are constantly praying for us. Can you imagine all the amen you say every day? And in fact, <laughs> 365 days a year, can you imagine? Do you know what amen means? Amen means, yes, Lord, I receive it. Praise the Lord. But sometimes, the fact is, my friend, sometimes we have very little to show for all that amen. And I want to address that this month as a friend. So we have just finished a 21-day fast. And during these 21 days, I was meeting to pray with at least over 300 people every day for 21 days. We've denied ourselves of pleasure almost throughout the entire month of July, our, our month of perfect praise. I, I know that, that, what, that should count for something. Surely it's going to count for something. But the fact is, what you do after prayers is equally as important as, what, as the prayer itself. Write that down. What you do after prayer is equally as important as the prayer itself. What do you do after you have prayed? What do you do after you have fasted? How do you make that prayer produce? How? So I want to share with you how you can cultivate your prayer seed and maximize your prayer effort. Right? How to make your prayers produce results. Now let's look at um, the, the God's model. And you can see we, we, read, we read Genesis chapter 1. And I won't go through the details, but I want to emphasize some things. Now, what, because what you do after prayers is equally as important as what you do as the prayer itself. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, then God saw, verse 31, then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. Everything God, everything, God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God saw that everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Now, when you look at that scripture, if you take that scripture in isolation, you, you, you may misinterpret it. But if we look at verses 1 to 30 
of Genesis chapter 1, which we have read before I came up to, to minister to you today, God kept saying what he wanted to see. God said, God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, until verse 31, and God saw. What you say, what you say, your utterances after a 21 day fast, your utterances after prayers is equally as important as the prayer itself. If not, you will have very little to show for your spiritual efforts. God said, God said, God said, and God said, let there be light. And God said, let us make man our own image. And God said, and God said, and he kept saying, and he kept saying, and you are made in the image of God. It means that you should, keep, you should continue to say and to speak until you see. You should continue to say and continue to speak until you see. You should continue to say your heart desires. You should continue to speak God's word, what, God, what God's heart is for you, until you see. 30 verses before God saw. 30 verses before God saw. What you say and your utterances after prayer is as important as the prayer itself. How to make your prayers produce results. Praise the Lord. What are you saying? What are you speaking? What utterances are you making as a spiritual being? Words have power, you know, and proper use of power requires wisdom. Words have power, and the proper use of power requires wisdom. So we need to recognize, I want you to recognize the effect, the positive use and of the power of speech to make your prayers produce. I want you to understand the positive use of the power of speech. God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. And I tell you, and you shall say to this mountain, Jesus said. You shall say to this mountain, Jesus said. And God kept speaking his desires until he saw. And God saw, verse 31, that everything that he made was good. What you say is very powerful. And there's a creative force behind your confession. What you say is very powerful. And there is a creative force behind your confession. Think about it. You made a declaration with your lips, with your mouth. One day you took an altar call. And then you, made, you prayed a, a, a prayer, a simple prayer of faith. Accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And bang, your life changed. And instantly, or over time, everything, your life now has no reflection. And your life now has no resemblance to your life before that confession. It shows you the power, the creative force behind your declarations. Faith rides on confession. How to make your prayers produce results. Faith rides on confession. 
Faith rides on utterances. Praise the Lord. We use our mouth to build our world. We use our mouth to build our world. We use our mouth to build our families. We use our mouth to build our marriages. We use our mouth to build our children. We use our utterances to build our, our, our businesses. We use our utterances to create the world that we desire. So prayer is a seed. And you, and you should water the seed with your utterances. Prayer is a seed. And you should water that seed with your utterances. Many people pray, they fast, and then it's like the moment they fast and they pray and the fast is over or the prayer is over, they just walk away. They don't imagine, they don't think that what they say afterwards, the utterances they make afterwards have any resemblance to the the prayer seeds they have sown. What you say in prayers afterwards is what you say and your utterances is equally as important as a prayer itself. Every so prayer is a seed. Prayer is a seed, and it should be watered with utterances. Prayer is a seed. Every time you pray and you say, in the name of Jesus, you have planted a seed. He said, the words I speak to you, they shall not return unto me void. So you have planted a seed. But like any seed, any natural seed, You've got to water that seed with your utterances spiritually. Every time you pray, you sow a spiritual seed. But every time you speak a negative word, negative confession over your expectation, you sabotage that that seed. Every time you pray, you sow a seed. Every time you speak, then you walk away. And a day later, you start speaking negative utterances. About your expectation, you sabotage the seed. You sabotage that prayer. It's like you sowing a seed and then going back there to dig it up. So many people are in a vicious cycle of a vicious cycle of uh, sow and sabotage. Sow and sabotage. They sow the sabotage. They sow the sabotage. They sow the sabotage. They sow a prayer seed. Then they sabotage it with their words. So many sow a a prayer seed, then a day later, two days later, maybe a week later, they go back, they sabotage that seed with their utterances. And then they wait for harvest for God to answer. No! There is no prayer to answer. There is no prayer. You have uprooted that prayer seed with your words. There's no prayer to answer. So there are so many people today, they sit down, waiting for God to answer their prayers. And in heaven, God is saying, what prayer? It never got here. That prayer seed never got here. Because the moment you sowed that prayer seed and you prayed in the name of Jesus, you went back and then you used your utterances to uproot it. So you pray with your lips and you uproot with your lips. You pray with your mouth and you uproot with your mouth. You pray, oh Lord, oh Lord, make my child bright, oh God. Make my child bright, oh God. In the name of Jesus. And then one day, 
That child makes an incorrect statement. And then you go, you are a liar. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, you say, oh Lord, make my child great. Make my child great. And then one error, one mistake from that child, you go, you are a liar. And instantly, with those same words, you sow the seed of lies into that child. You put a lying spirit in him. What do you want? A liar for a child or a bright child? So your utterances must be consistent with your prayers. Your utterances must be consistent with your expectation of what you want God to do. Your utterances about your marriage must be consistent with what you want God to do in that marriage. Your utterances over your children must be consistent with your expectation of what you want God to do in the life of your children. You pray, God, make my child confident. You pray all the relevant scriptures. And then one day, she does something wrong. And then you go, what is wrong with you? Hey, what is wrong with you? You tell that child. Now, that child is a 21-year-old, 29-year-old woman. Still trying to figure out what's wrong with her. Because mommy sowed a bad seed. How to make your prayers produce results? Answer, watch your utterances after prayers. Watch your utterances. Make sure your utterances and your confession is in alignment with your expectation of what you want God to do. If not, then what is the point of the prayers? What is the point of the fasting? A kid forgets to pack, his, pack up his toys. And you go, you, you, you are a very untidy boy. Meanwhile, you've just prayed, oh God, help. Oh God, I pray for my kid. Make my kid great. And then the kid forgets to pack up his toys. You are a very untidy. You are a very untidy. And you speak over that. The words you speak, they are spirit and they are life. You are a very untidy boy. What you say can destroy your prayers. What you say can destroy your prayers and intentions and create an unpleasant outcome. What you say. You are powerful, you know. Think about it. You are made in the image of God. You carry the spirit of God. Many of us pray for our careers and yet say, ev say every horrible thing about where we work and those we work with. Yet we fast and pray. We pray over the works of our hands. We pray over our career. We pray over our industry. And yet, we say horrible things about our organizations. We say horrible things about the people we work with. In fact, we, we don't even have the heart of Christ 
for those we work with. It's as if we live two different lifestyles. That is not how to be a Christian. And that's not how to allow the power of God to power through you. You've got to be a disciple of Jesus. You pray, oh God, bless my home. And then you tell your friends, that my husband is not serious. You just pray, bless my home. Bless my marriage. And then with those same lips, you tell your friends, that my guy is no guy. So what do you want? A blessed home or an unserious husband? Whatever it is, you got it. Whatever it is you want, you say it. So if you pray for a blessed home, at the same time, turn back and say, that's a very useless man. Then, <laughs> in maths, they say negative plus positive equals uh, <laughs> zero. You got nothing. You got nothing. You've got to be spiritually minded, my friend. You've got to be spiritually minded because you are a spirit. You are a spirit. You're born again, spirit-filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Ghost, backed by the blood of Jesus. My friend, you are a powerful individual. Mind what you say. Or you get nothing out of that prayer. So why is it so important to exercise self-control over our words and stop speaking recklessly. Why? James chapter 1 verse 26. James chapter 1 verse 26. He says, I love this scripture. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, in other words, you think you have God on your side, right? And does not bridle his tongue. That is, does not mind what he says. That is, does not control himself and his utterances. If anyone among you thinks he is religious or spiritual, if anyone among you thinks that he has God on his side and does not bridle his Tongue, in other words, control his utterance, dominate, uh, govern his thoughts and govern what he says and manage his utterances. But deceives his own heart. That is, in other words, you are fooling yourself if you think that there is no correlation between what you say and answered prayers. He said, you're fooling yourself. He said, this one's religion is useless. That is, what you think you believe is worthless. Just because. So what you say is the outcome of your prayers is directly proportional and relates and correlates to what you say. 
So he said, bridle your tongue. You know what bridle means? You know, that, you know that thing they put over a horse before you ride it? Right? That's what he says. says. Hold your tongue. Because it can rob you of your answered prayers. Hold your tongue. Because you can dig out and dig up every prayer seed you have prayed up in that time. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. The day I caught that revelation, I said to myself, okay, I am not going to destroy my own prayers. Don't destroy your own prayers. How to get results? Get, how to get results from your prayers? What you say is how you validate your faith. What you say is how you validate your faith. What you say is how you validate your expectation. Your utterances after prayers must align with your expectation of what you want God to do. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I love the Bible puts it very clearly. The power of life and death is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Words can produce various kinds of death. You cannot pray a prayer and then go to use your words and your tongue to produce death. And many fall into that trap. They pray fervently. They fast they withhold themselves from life's pleasures. And after all that, they just destroy it with their utterances. So we have death of relationship. You have a good relationship going on, but you can't stop. After you have prayed about that relationship, but you can't stop talking about the minor imperfections that can be worked out. So you keep speaking negatively about that relationship until you kill it. The death of self-image. Parents have, parents have destroyed their children's self-image with words. Words like, what is wrong with you? Words like, what is the matter with you? Which presupposes that there's something wrong with that child. Words like, you talk too much. The one that God has called before the foundation of the world to be an orator and a public speaker, you, the ignorant parents, say you talk too much. You eat too much. You sleep too much. You are too fat. You are too thin. No one will marry you. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Coming from the lips of those who are spirit-filled. It's horrible. You're my friend. And friends speak the truth to one another. All the while you are praying for that child. So you pray and sabotage. You pray and sabotage. You pray and sabotage. 
Death of a dream. You have prayed about your desire and aspiration. Then someone comes along and tells you how impossible it, how impossible it is to do what you're trying to do. All of a sudden, that dream dies. Words. That's why you have to be careful about who you listen to. Words. I remember coming to UK. I was in Cyprus. And the Lord asked, um, asked us to migrate to England. I remember I saw a, an, an, an elderly gentleman. I was looking forward to the trip. Just the, the week before we traveled, this elderly gentleman called me. He used to live in England. He said, son, I want to tell you something. I said, yeah, sir. He said, why are you traveling to England? I said, because that's the next phase of my life, sir. He said, are you sure? And then he went on to tell me how horrible England is. Told me about the weather. Told me why it's the wrong decision for me to leave Cyprus and come to England. He went on and on and on and on and on. I listened to him carefully. I smiled. I said, thank you so much for your thoughts and your intentions. I walked away. And I said, Lord Jesus. I said, if this is the devil firing, firing spiritual weapons at me, I said, I refuse it in the name of Jesus. I said, Lord, I purge my mind from everything I have just heard from, the, from this man. So we migrated and came to the UK. The first week we arrived, we met, we ran into um, a couple, a couple of friends of ours who were, were, went to the same uni. And they said, oh, what are you doing? I said, well, we just arrived. And then they both said, oh, wow, why did you leave Cyprus to come to the UK? I said, well, because this is God's will for us. And they said, oh. And I started ruling out all the negative things about this great nation, England. When they left, I turned to my wife. I said, Bola, I said, this couple, they are not our friends. Period. You know why? Because words can kill a dream. Words can kill a dream. I'm talking about 23 years ago. Words can kill a dream. If I had allowed those words to enter into my spirit, you will not be listening to me right now. This ministry will not exist. Words can kill a dream. Luke chapter 8. From verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Verse 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Verse, 40, verse 49. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Can you imagine that? They brought these negative words. Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Verse 50. Then when Je but when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. In other words, don't listen to words like this. These are faith killers. 
Don't receive this word into your heart. Because words are dangerous. Words can produce death. Say, don't listen to them, Jesus said. Only believe, and she'll be made well. And when he, and he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the, of the child. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. These people have heard about the miracles that Jesus was doing all around town. They've heard about him. And they ridiculed him. Knowing that she was dead, they ridiculed him. But he put them all outside. He put them all outside. Jesus showed us how to handle negative speech and utterances. Put them outside. Put them outside. And for you, you put it outside. It should not be part of your life. You pray and your utterances must be consistent with your expectation of what you want God to do for you. Any other thing, you put outside. Put outside. I refuse to doubt. I refuse to worry. I refuse to fear. I must stay my expectation. I have prayed about it. I believe in my heart. And I must put away all forms of doubt and negativity about the prayer seed I have prayed. Put them outside. Took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished. But may my God surprise you in Jesus' mighty name. May my God surprise you. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. I decree that whatever you have considered as dead in your life, I decree a revival over them in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is in your life you have called a closed case out of frustration, I decree revival upon it in the mighty name of Jesus. Whether it's in the area of your health, whether it's in the area of your marriage, whether it's in the area of your career, whether it's in the area of your immigration, I speak revival over it in the name of Jesus. I command them to come alive in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I would like to stop there today and continue next week. Praise the Lord. Let me just pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I bless your holy name. For everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, I ask, oh God, that the power of the Holy Spirit rest upon you in the name of Jesus. I command the power of the Holy Spirit to rest upon you in the name of Jesus. I pray that, every, that heaven backs every single prayer and you have prayed up till now in the name of Jesus. I pray that this month will be a month of miracle for you in the mighty name of Jesus. The grace to govern your utterances. Let this grace rest upon you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and you say, Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message 
like this one. Be blessed. <laughs>